All right, welcome to another episode of Be Now. Today, I'm honored to be sitting down remotely with Sandra C. Obiora. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. I, uh, I love your podcast. Yeah, I've been looking forward to uh, yeah, actually us uh, sitting down together for this one. Um, yeah. So how are you feeling? Yeah, we've been chatting a bit before we started recording. <laughs> I'm feeling cool. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, 2020 started uh, started with a bang, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all kinds of bangs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fireworks bangs, political bangs, and, right. you know, life bangs. Pretty fun. Right, the big bang, yeah. Big bang. <laughs> <laughs> so we actually, uh, we met each other through the kind of the poetry um, events in Chengdu, right? And so, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm always a fan of when you go up there and share your work. It's always inspiring. There's always something from your readings that sort of just stays with me, you know, for some days. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, so for the listeners who don't know you very well, because, you know, you're more than uh, doing poetry. Uh, so just briefly, just like, yeah, kind of uh, describe, uh, yeah, introduce yourself and, yeah, what brought you to China? So you have many passions that, that you like to express yourself with. Yeah. So with uh, with your website, A Poet's Brain, first of all, I love the title. And Thank you. when I look at your website, it's uh, it's quite beautiful, actually. Like a lot of imagery and beautiful words. And uh, it looks like you put a lot of time and energy, like your soul, I could say, yeah, into this project. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's always crazy yeah. to me when I see that it's, it's now almost going to I think you remember when I started it. It was yeah. a small thing, and now it's just grown, and I have so many different people I feature on it. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the best parts for me. It's not that I just put my own poetry there or my own writings or quotes. It's that I gather, you know, so many different artists, photographers, poets, writers, you know, and I just put their stuff there too. So it's like this, this culmination or this like compilation of different minds and thoughts. Mm-hmm. Experiences so fun. Mm-hmm. So, with regard to poetry, like, what were your like early experiences with with poetry, with poems, and 
Yeah, how did you, what's been your journey with it? Okay, so um, I've been writing poetry now for over like 14 years, right? Um, mm. I started in grade eight or nine, actually grade nine. And um, it was, I, re- I remembered that I was someone who was really good at expressing herself in words. But the first time I started, there was this, there was a school magazine because I, I did high school in Beijing um, in an international school. And there was this school magazine that was coming out and they, um, I felt like, oh, I should write something. They were like, uh, we would like to get poetry and stuff like that and write hops from students. Mm. And I was like, sure, why not? And I remember, I think the first poem I was titled, um, was it, I think, The Prey or uh, A Prey to Hunger? Uh, like a prey, a prey to like hunger. P R E Y. And um, I remember, like, two of my teachers then, they read it and they were like, wow, that was pretty good. Like, that was pretty, like, unique, you know. Mm. And I remember getting some training from in grade, grade nine. Uh, we had our teacher, our English teacher, and we were going more into poetry and writing. And I had really good grades in that. And I, I just thought that class was so fun. <laughs> It was like I didn't have to do much in that class to like have a good time, get a good grade, you know. Mm. So I think that was one of the the sparks for me, mm-hmm. and it it gradually became an opportunity for me to express myself without having to, you know, say so clearly that I'm, um, you know, I'm upset about this or I'm feeling this. I can just put it into clear words, mm. and everyone can interpret it their own way and one thing that is I feel that is a bit different I would say about my poetry is that I don't try to be so obscure I don't try to be ambiguous I often try to be very direct and um, I always want to have a message that the reader can take away at the end Mm. I don't like it to just be a bunch of words and rhymes Mm. but something there must be some kind of message in it Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this was kind of my the start of my journey, and mm-hmm. right now I have like over three hundred something poems. I have poems and quotes, and they're hundreds, and it's always fun uh, awesome. to you know. So, when I look back at some of them, I'm just like, who wrote that? Who's that person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So where do you feel? Uh, yeah, this uh, this energy or this emotion for poetry, where does it come from for you? How do you sort of tap into it? something that makes them people makes people different when when someone has a talent for something I realize it should be a talent uh, because things like writing speaking they come very easy to me um, I don't have to think too much to make a point to express myself clearly um, so I'll say it's more like a god-given talent I tap I realized and decided to continue to build on you know mm-hmm. And um, I think for people that, for everyone, there is some kind of talent. And I think talent really is something that perhaps it comes, it's not that you don't need to work at it, uh, rather it comes easier to you than the average person, perhaps. Mm. And it's fun for you and you're able to pay more attention to that. And basically it's no, um, it's no hair or it's not, I don't know what the idiom is, like it's no stress on you to just mm-hmm. 
indulge in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's not. It doesn't feel like work. You can do that at any time, right. and you can keep doing that forever, literally, even if you're paid or not paid at some time. So it's kind of like that for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And this this message you said that uh, like you you feel like there's got to be some kind of message. Yeah. Um, so like for instance, like that very first poem I wrote, um, a prey to hunger. Um, I remember I was actually trying to tell the reader that there are people really hungry and they have no food to eat. Mm. You know. They are literally praised. It's like hunger. Yeah, the, the imagery that I painted was uh, hunger was this like wild animal that was just ravaging villages and ravaging people. And um, there was no way that anyone would read that poem and not understand that hunger was something really terrible, mm, you know? And mm. it was just making its way through just massacring people, killing people, ruining lives and families' homes, little mm, children's mm. lives and different things. So for me, um, I don't just want to write something. I, um, I remember I, I usually say that my um, poetry, I try to explore different phenomena and um, mm. put a voice to a thing. I can look at a branch of uh, a leaf outside or look at something and think like, wow, this leaf is just, like, hanging around here forever. Like, who pays attention to it, you know? And it could become something bigger. Like, you know, we we probably need to take better care of our earth. We probably need to love on those trees a little more, not take them for granted. So there's always something. You can look Mm. at anything, and you can find a message from it. You can find something. And I want to raise awareness, you know? Mm. There's also, like, um, when it comes to poetry, especially about human relationships, uh, that's another topic that I really love to get into. And um, it's always interesting to me that there are some things that occur, should I say, below our consciousness. It's Mm. not that we don't see it, but we don't observe it long enough for it to mean anything to us. Mm. And I try to raise up i try to bring them up mm. to the awareness level mm-hmm. for instance there was this poem i wrote when i uh, i went back to nigeria in 2012 and i was just observing that in the mid i was in abuja then i mean now abuja has changed a lot but i mean i am privileged to live in you know the high level places and we have good electricity and other resources but when just you make your way uh, into town and some areas, there's this stark juxtaposition of the rich and the poor beside each other. Mm-hmm. And I wrote this poem titled Man of Stone. And um, it was basically just telling the story of um, just some man I observed outside when I was sitting in the bus. And he was covered in uh, cement dust, you know, um, like a, the powder that comes from working in construction, for example. Hmm. And it, it was interesting to me because, you know, like uh, many Nigerians are dark skinned, but he's, he was darker skinned. And so it looked like uh, he was like a statue hmm. <laughs> and he was just standing there for, I think, having a, a bag of water or something. And it, it just it just had a strong impression on my mind that, you know, 
this man, if he was educated or if this or that, he mm. could have been in different circumstances. So some of these things really touch me. I just see something and it just keeps a really strong impression on my mind. And mm. I refuse to let it just pass by. Mm. And so I try to build on that. I try to mm. pass a message across to everyone else that might have seen him and thought, oh, this man, look, he looks miserable, you know, and they're like, oh, wow, and move on with their lives. So, so I try to get people to think more. So it sounds like you have this sensitivity for like life happening in real time in you, all yeah. around you. Yeah. And so speaking to that point, how, um, yeah, so I also know that you have a, a, a wonderful perspective on spirituality and faith. So how does that, mm. how does that interplay here with, yeah. In with my your, poetry. With your work as an artist, yeah.
something fun and something silly. Right, right. <laughs> but, you know, to just in fact, when you look through the heat, like lots of my my older poems, especially when I was a teenager, you know, you'd see some of them are just like me talking about, for example, like there's one I wrote about a, a, a sexual repression, you know. And when I read it, I remember I think I wrote it when I was eighteen or so. And I was just like, oh, that's so interesting. Like, oh, Cassandra, like, ooh, <laughs> that's racy, you know. <laughs> I think it, it got published in the Shanghai Poetry Design, actually. It's, it's titled That Handsome Smile. I think the was it Sanity, uh, which one? Uh, I can't remember. Was it? No, I think it was. What, uh, Pleasure? There's one. There was a sexual one, the, the theme. Um, Is that the okay. zine that I still gotta give you? <laughs> yeah, you still need to give it. To I still you. have it. I still have it to give you. Later. Yeah. So you do know the topic of that, yeah? Mm. That in that one, I, I need to find it actually. Which one did? I'll mention it later. And and I I was surprised when it got um, you know, it was in pleasure. Yeah, I think it's called pleasure. Mm, pleasure. Yeah. Not, the theme of that uh, Shanghai poetry zine uh, book. <laughs> and when it got accepted to be published, I was like, "That's so funny! Like people might not even relate it to me right now, you know." <laughs> But you know, this is kind of my poetry. I I talk about. I try to to focus on real stuff, uh, real situations, real reality. You know, mm-hmm. for instance, it's easy for people to think that girls might not experience sexual repression or, right. you know, some other things that. I, I try to focus on those things also that break stereotypes and um, things like that. So it's pretty, <laughs> pretty interesting stuff actually when I look back. Hmm. So what would you say is like? Because um, as I'm hearing you, it's like um, you have this uh, this willingness to feel to feel your yourself, your humanity, like like in a mm. bigger way, in a big way. Um, would you say that's your obsession? Like, what, what what would you say is your obsession in this, you know, in this life, or um, or your recent obsession? You know, because it it can change. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I I I I would say that I I've been having actually. Hmm, let me see. On on a spiritual level, definitely, I'm I'm totally like a, obsessed with Jesus person. Just obsessed with everything that has to do with that. Hmm. Super obsessed, you know. It's incredible stuff. It's kind of I usually say, for instance, like you know the the Bible and so the verses in the Bible. Like I've read the whole Bible twice, but it's not a book that you just say you read and um, you're like, okay, I know the Bible now. It's this and that, and you put it back. It's really not. It's so so everything. It's crazy how deep it gets, you know. And then when you think that this this is founded on historical authority because the Bible is not just some it's not just some book that some people thought about. If you're holding the Bible, it's basically you're holding a, a a part of history. You're holding a copy of really ancient documents, you know, that have been compiled together. Mm. And so when you think about the authority that these people are writing on, 
it's pretty incredible. I, I say that it's like a, an onion, you know. Sometimes a Bible verse can be like an onion. You would you would peel off one skin and like, okay, it means this, and you come back and it means something else for your reality. Mm. And it always connects to your reality in different ways. Mm. And you would always be able to find one Bible verse. I, I'm sure like maybe you see some of my moments. I usually post like little, little scripture verses you know and each time there's always something about it that is so meaningful to me at that moment and there's mm. thousands thousands of verses every time that i can like look through and it speaks to me mm-hmm. uh so I'll, I'll say that you know i have definitely have quite a, quite a jesus obsession mm. not not a church obsession mm. not a christianity as a religion obsession but just more fellowship I want to see the bounds and the levels I can go to. And when I see life from this spectrum, it's pretty incredible because you start to see that the world is so big and we're so small. Like mm. um, David said um, in, the, in, in Psalms, in the book of Psalms, David was saying, and that was a long time ago before he, they really understood science and other things. And he said when he looks up at the stars and he looks up at the suns and he sees them and he, he starts to think that who am I, Lord, that you are mindful of me? Who am I that you even care about me? You know, I'm mm. like this little speck uh, mm. in this whole thing. Who am I that you think about me? And who am I that you, you visit me? And so it's really like crazy. Mm. And um, so when I look at just the advent of Christ into this world, it's mm. just outstanding. It's like... It's like the most incredible thing that could ever happen that, you know, uh, as small and as uh, insignificant as we can be, even in the, the face of earth, we literally are like a speck of dust when we look at, yeah. <laughs> when we look at the excellence of this universe. Mm. It gives you, you know, perspective. So much. <laughs> yeah, like mm. we really are. Earth is so tiny. Like <laughs> When you go out, I think you some of those videos where you they zoom out from earth um i don't know if you've seen them yeah there's there's one there's one famous photo from uh one of the rings of saturn (laughs) just looking at earth and it's like this tiny blue dot yeah it's like a joke even you can see the blue dot if you if if they zoom out a little more you can't even see any blue dot it's Mm. just like you know a space Mm. of black Mm. and it's it's crazy Mm. (laughs) it's really incredible to me and um yeah so when when i look at life through this spectrum it's really deep to me it's really deep and it's so meaningful especially like recently i've been reading more into apologetics um christian apologetics and Actually, the, the foundation of the Gospels, the foundation of the, the Bible, the foundation, it, most of these things actually can be proved through normal scholarship. You know, the authenticity of these things can be proved through archaeology, anthropology, you know, history. Sure. And just the same way that we we say that, for example, Alexander the Great existed. You can check and you can see that in the same way, for instance, like existed or Jesus existed or this happened during the Roman Empire or things like that and it's pretty powerful actually mm-hmm. um, so it's so fun so fun I've been reading a lot and I, I can't get enough of reading about these things and getting deeper into it because it's, it's you know mm-hmm. <laughs> I could talk forever about that you sure. need to stop me <laughs> yeah. so before um, yeah I mean I, I mean I love um, I love that 
I love that there's a, a sense of perspective because um, <clears throat> it's easy to get lost, you know, in the daily yeah. minutia of things like just having yeah. that that part of you that knows that there's a bigger thing going on than just my little story. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that I feel that's, yeah. that's poetry. Uh, the, way, the way I feel about poetry is like it's just the opening mm-hmm. of the heart to something bigger. Um, True. There's a... There's a there's this French philosopher who uh, he writes about the uh, imagination and poetry, and uh, he has this line that kind of um, puts it well for me. Is like poetry is the commitment to the soul, and uh, and to this to this point on creativity, um, you were talking about earlier before we started recording, um, uh, and like yeah yeah yeah. What is your perspective on creativity? Like how how does one Tap into it. Is there a limit? limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I raised a philosophical question to some extent. Like, can you really say that you have created if uh, there are if there are, are barriers actually that have been set? If there are boundaries to what you can create, can mm. you actually say that you are creative, or can you actually say you have created rather? You could be creative, but you may not have particularly created. But this is just philosophical, like, thinking. Of course you've created. But I think, for me personally, I feel that if you, um, if there are boundaries to my creation, <clears throat> to some extent, I might, I would rather not create in that space where I am limited to create, you know. Mm. There are some poems that I've, uh, I've presented, and they, you know, they're kind of controversial to some extent, or they make people uncomfortable. And sometimes I feel better that I have created that than if I had never created it. If I was feeling this would not make people feel too comfortable in their seats, and I decided not to write it, then I would be doing myself an injustice, you know? Mm. Um, so I think that creativity is something that you need to tap into. It doesn't mean that, I mean, it doesn't mean that we shouldn't pay attention to societal norms and societal values. But there are, there, for example, there is a poem I wrote, Society Said. Um, you know, I did, the, you were there, yeah, at the Poetry Grand Slam. Mm. The one that, <laughs> the one that I, I came out leading, I was so surprised. It was so fun. Mm. I, I had never done anything like that before. So I didn't know which of my poems to line up. And the first one I did was Dance in Africa, and the second one was Society Said. Mm-hmm. So when I put it up, I, I kept thinking, should I do it or not? Would it make some people uncomfortable or not? And um, the end of that poem goes, um, and for this time, I'm very sure that um, society, I'm sure without a shadow of a doubt, that society is wrong and I am right. And, you know, it's a bit of a controversy like to what extent, when do you know that you are right and society is wrong, mm. you know? And it, it, it's, it's a whole conversation, it's a whole thing. Right. Um, but, but then I think creativity is like that. Um, if you always pay attention to what will make people happy, um, <clears throat> what will make people comfortable, then you, you may not have created. Right, right. 
actually you may not have you i think creativity is kind of reaching the boundaries of imagination you know mm. how far can i get sometimes i write a poem yeah. and i fix the same poem almost 20 times because i keep saying oh this can go even better this line can go even deeper you know this part can be even more grand and this mm. that 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 you know and by the end it's a whole different poem it's a whole different yeah. concept mm. and um yeah, and so I think actually I have read. Uh, there are some times that I, I would present a poem and I would get wild applauses and everything. And there's some that I would present and I'm just like, ooh, that was awkward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it, it, it's, <laughs> it's always exciting for me either way to see. And interestingly, there will always be those people. Yeah. For example, I read a poem recently, and it's titled "The God Void." And really, the poem was basically expounding on the fact that there is a God, and denying there is is kind of like, uh, you know, trying to display some kind of actual reality when you're trying to be realistic, you know. And um, I, I remember part of the poem was that you, you've tried to throw in everything into that. You tried to throw in your career, you put in into that void you try to fill up that void but there is a void you know yeah. you you try to cover it up with makeup or you you try to be the most important businessman there is you try to make a lot of money you try to do this or that but when you look back into that hole there still is a hole you know hmm. and because you're denying the part your spirit is longing and it, it's thirsty it's just dying to just log on some god trying to log on on the Lord, and you're just denying it that. And I was, I, I wrote that uh, this is a, it's not a, it's not something for your spirit. The the, the, the poem is not reaching to your mind, but it's reaching to your soul. Mm. And when I finished, I got a round of applause, but it was just like, you know, um, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, interestingly, two people met me after, and she was like, oh, can I add your WeChat? I'd like to talk with you more, you know, about. So when I do that, I do feel satisfied when even if even if just one person comes to meet me that, oh, I'd like to talk with you more about that. I've been feeling mm. this way or that way, you know. Mm. It's kind of a, a way for me to, to meet people. Sometimes you're in a crowd, you might be talking to just one person. Right. And yeah. I think that's enough. Yeah. Um, like you might change just one person's mind. You might affect one person's life positively. And I've had instances like that when I've talked and said some things and maybe the general populace didn't accept it, but one person would meet me or several people would meet me and they'd be like, I've been feeling sad, I've been feeling this way, what do you think, you know? Mm. And we just get chatting, we become friends, you know, lots of fun stuff, we do mm. prayers or something together, I, mm. I send those Bible verses and they're just like, wow, this is so fun, this is so much like, mm. great stuff, you know, I didn't know, I didn't think about it that way before. Mm. So I think this is also part, part of creativity. I think it's a God-given talent. And each of us have something that we're supposed to be doing with our creativity, I feel. Sure. And it's supposed to move towards our destiny as a human being here on Earth. And um, our creativity should also point in that general direction. Cool. Well, each person you. is different. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your perspective, Sandy. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, I think we went a little over time, but it should be okay. Uh, I'm hoping WeChat's going to let me upload it. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can just cut some of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll play around with it. But any any you final thoughts uh, for listeners? 
No, I was just uh, yeah, just listening, <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me. Your show is awesome. I just really love your podcast. I love the calmness and the different ways that you look at things, and it's it's an honor to be on it. Thanks for thinking about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A shout out from Africa and the Nigerian crowd. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Out there. Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. <laughs>